InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Most consumers have noticed it's a hidden fee jungle out there. How bad is it? Well, you'll probably be hopping mad after this report from InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Bob Sullivan. He has a regular column at MSNBC.com that is devoted to rip-offs, red tape, and other modern-day outrages. And he's the author of a book called Gotcha Capitalism. Bob, welcome to InfoTrack. Hi, thanks for having me. So just what exactly is gotcha capitalism? Well, I usually explain it in two ways. One way is I know everyone has this experience when you sit down every month to pay your bills and you start to rip open those envelopes and little hairs on the back of your neck just start to stand on end because you know somewhere in that pile you're getting cheated. Mm -hmm. You don't quite know where, but you know the cell phone bill is 17 pages and the home phone bill has 13 things on the first page alone. And somewhere in there, you know you're paying too much and just don't know how. So that's the feeling of gotcha capitalism. But more specifically is what happens every time you try to pay a bill or buy a product and the price you pay is a surprise and something very different from the initial price that you were told. The gap between is the gotcha. So do we know how much all of these gotchas, all these little hidden fees add up to for the average American? When I wrote the book, I tried to find something specific because it's hard to get people excited about 5 or $10, so I wanted to get a sense of how big this problem was. And, of course, it's hard to find things that are designed to be hidden from you. But we surveyed consumers, and we found that the average American is losing just about $1,000 every year, wow. 5 or $10 at a time. I have to say that your book offers so many of these little financial booby traps that it's hard to know where even to start. Is there one particular hidden fee that really sets you off more than any other? Well, you know, funny, when I write my columns about banks, it's overwhelming the response that I get. I think that most folks, and myself included, really feel like you have to watch the banks very, very carefully because if you slip below a minimum balance for just a few minutes or if you deposit a check and you withdraw money too quickly afterwards and you get hit with one of those overdraft cascades, you can lose a lot of money very, very quickly. It appears to me that overdraft fees, people spend about $17 billion a year in overdraft fees. That's probably the single largest hidden fee in America. It's a lot of money, and it's all going to the bank. And you believe that there are certain industries that really take pride in, uh, for lack of a better term, hosing their there customers. There are. There are. I actually, one of my readers has invented a term for me, which I'm glad to borrow, which is called gotcha glee. And, you know, he says if you go to a bank and you have to ask for a refund because you had one of these problems over a weekend and five or six debit card swipes later you owe the bank $200, the teller will not only refuse to refund your money, but he or she will smile wryly at you. <laughs> that would be gotcha glee. I have to say one of my favorites each month is my cell phone bill. There's all sorts of things on there. One of them, though, are the taxes added by every little government fiefdom yeah. that I've never even heard of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cell phones are taxed like cigarettes or alcohol. It's practically a sin tax. <laughs> and it can be about 20% for most folks, which is an awful lot of money. And what's amazing, as you mentioned, it's not just a federal tax or a state tax. There's often a county tax and a city tax on there. Imagine if when you went to the deli, you had to pull out a dollar for Uncle Sam and 
a dollar for the state house and another few pennies for the mayor. I mean, that's literally what happens with your cell phone bill. But then there are also things that you might think are taxes by the way they're phrased, but in reality are yet another profit center for the company, right? This happens all over in many industries, but telecommunications is clearly the worst this way. The telephone bills have become so complicated. The classic example would be the FCC line charge on people's home phones, which for most people is $6.50. Now, the actual line itself costs around $10 for most people. So you'll see the bill. Now, I don't know anyone who pays less than $50 a month for a phone. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, the line costs 10 But on there, you'll see a line that says FCC line charge. Sometimes it's called subscriber line charge. Sure sounds like a tax that goes to the FCC. It doesn't. It goes right to your home phone company. I don't know why, and this is the complaint I have throughout the book, why isn't that just on the price of the bill? Why is that broken out separately and itemized? And it's done so because it allows the phone company to put up an advertisement that says home phone service, $9.50, when in fact it's quite a bit more than that. We do live in the world's stronghold of capitalism and supposedly competition, but I think the most frustrating thing for a lot of consumers, in many of the cases you describe, Consumers have no real choices when primarily one company decides what they're going to do in sliding in a new fee, and there's not much you can do about it. That is the real problem, and it has me concerned not just for the 5 or $10 a month that we're all losing, but it has me concerned for the overall economy. If you are in a, uh, an area where there's only one cable company, for example, and the cable company decides, as Comcast did in my area, to change its late fee and raise it by 500%, <laughs> over the course of a day, there is nothing you can do. You can't say, all right, I'm going to buy this brand of cereal instead of your brand of cereal, which is how capitalism is supposed to work. There really is no check on that. And there are countless government studies that show, for cable, for example, when a second cable company comes into an area, prices go down and service comes up. So competition really works. But in so many of these areas, the barrier to competition is enormous. Cell phones is another example. There is competition among cell phone companies. There are four very large cell phone companies. But half of all their consumers are in these long-term contracts. And so if you have a dispute with Verizon, for example, and you're in month three of a 24-month contract, you can't say, all right, that's it, I'm leaving. My phone doesn't work in my backyard, or you're charging me a handset upgrade fee, which you didn't disclose to me, so I'm out of here. When you do that, what happens? You get hit with an early termination fee of $200. So there's nothing like real competition in the cell phone industry, and that's very bad for business. You're the person who deals with this on a daily basis. Do you think people should be reading these, you know, you get a little booklet of fine print that requires a magnifying glass. Do you think people should be reading those when they arrive in the mail? You know, in the industry, they call that mouse print, by the way. Isn't that a <laughs> glorious term? No. I mean, you'll hear a lot of tired advice that says, caveat emptor, uh, consumers should read everything, read all the fine print. I mean, you can't. You have a life to live. There's too much of it, and of course it's designed to make it as difficult as possible. In the book, I have a story of AT&T actually doing market research on a mailer they sent home to make sure that people would throw it out instead of read it. So in the face of that, I mean, of course I think everyone should do whatever they can to, to protect themselves, and when you're signing up for a new cell phone, you know, if you have the time to read all nine pages, go ahead. But all of these things any reasonable person would say are unfair trade practices. And what we really need is somebody to come back in and say, you know, there are rules to capitalism. There are rules to a market economy. We want to make sure we have level playing fields in these industries and we have honest competition. And that's what agencies like the Federal Trade Commission are set up to do. And I sure hope that they begin to do it or do it more aggressively.
Our guest on InfoTrack is Bob Sullivan. He has a regular column at msnbc.com called The Red Tape Chronicles, and he's the author of a book just out called Gotcha Capitalism. Bob, what can consumers do? You can go complain, and I think in a lot of cases, most people feel it falls on deaf ears. Complaining actually does work. That's what I would like to encourage people with my book to do more than anything else is to complain. I have a whole set in the book of sample letters that you can either copy from the book or you can download for free from my website. You don't even have to buy the book. Uh, and they're just simple letters where you can make them specific to your case and send them along. We did a survey, which we already mentioned for the book, about how much people lose every year to hidden fees, but we also asked how often people complain and how often they succeed. And much to my surprise, people are very successful at complaining. 60% of consumers we talked to who complained said they had gotten a refund in the last year from their credit card company. 60%, which is better than half. That's a batting average you would take any time, right? I don't think nearly enough people complain. Are you more successful complaining to certain companies or industries as opposed to others? Yeah, yeah, and it's directly related to competition. At the top of our list, the easiest industry was credit cards. Cable and cell phone were at the very bottom of the list. About one in five folks got refunds from them. And it stands to reason for reasons we've already given here, which is the cable company doesn't really worry too much if it upsets you or irritates you because they know it's very unlikely you're going to leave. Bob, any other suggestions on how to properly complain? In many cases, the people who answer the phone, at least initially, can't do anything anyway, right? That's true. A very common negotiating line you'll hear from folks is never take no from someone who can't say yes. So I think it's very important to get a sense of what you're after and what the person can do when you're talking to them. You do want to spend some time with the person who you initially call because you're going to have to. But pretty quickly, you can say very directly to them, look, in one sentence or less, I was not told there would be an installation fee. There is an installation fee of $25. I want it refunded. Do you have the authority to give me $25 right now? And they'll probably say yes or no. And if they don't, well, then you know you have to go to a supervisor. And if you don't get results from the supervisor, then go to the web and look for someone who's higher up in the company who you can email directly and maybe make a personal contact with. That works much better than people think. Also works much better than people think is going to a local regulatory authority. Writing to the FCC doesn't work so well in my experience. But with cable, for example, every city in America has a cable franchising authority, which reports to the mayor. You can literally go to the town hall and complain about cable. Your state utilities commission will actually govern telephone issues, home telephone issues, and you can get results from them. And finally, the state attorney general's office, the consumer affairs department in there, is often really the best place to go. There are lawyers in every state in the country who really do help consumers and and really do take the time to write letters and make phone calls. And companies listen when an attorney general calls. Very interesting and certainly useful information. Bob Sullivan, the author of Gotcha Capitalism. Bob, where can people read your columns online? Well, it's easy to find on msnbc.com. The direct link is just redtape.msnbc.com. And you can find all about me at bobsullivan.net. Hey, thanks for joining us on InfoTrack. Well, thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, it's tough enough to raise kids these days, but you may be sabotaging their success. Stay tuned for the startling answers. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned.